Hello and welcome to part four of Wayne Hunter and Wendell Van Valen on Grace. Hello, this is Wayne, and I'm here uh, with my friend Wendell again. Yeah, this is Wendell. We're kind of on the adventure of discovering what we can about grace. Of course, it's a fun adventure, but it's a little foolhardy. We'll never figure it out, but it's fun to try. So uh, today, we kind of wanted to talk about uh, grace as it looks like kind of an everyday life. Um, Grace is pretty conceptual until you bring it down and put feet and hands on it and then it uh, then it begins to get a little more complicated. But I was thinking about um, thinking about the story Jesus told about the Good Samaritan where the guy was beat up on the road to Jericho and the two guys the two church guys passed him by and the of course the Samaritan stopped and helped him. And we, we kind of demonized the two church guys. But in their minds, isn't it very possible that they uh, saw a bigger picture of grace or what they thought was a bigger picture of grace? We have to go and do that Bible study. We need to go and make that presentation at the temple or whatever. We're doing God's work. This is grace. This is what you're supposed to do. And so they couldn't detour from that to help the guy. But the Samaritan came down and really, if you want to push it, his duty was to... uh, show that the Samaritans had a better handle on God. So if he was going to do the big work of grace, his purpose would have been, well, I'll show this Jew. I'll. But instead he looked at the person and he stopped and said, well, this is, this is grace here. Mm-hmm. I think about how many times Jesus was on a big mission, especially the last one when he was headed toward Jerusalem to be crucified. Even his disciples said, you know, let's go die with him. They knew what it was about. They they knew this was a mission. And according to what we read in the Gospels, it was kind of a timed, you know, yeah, it needed to happen. Be, and Be there at a certain time. Right, yeah. be there at a certain time. And uh, yet the local rowdy guy who's blind, everybody knew, oh, he, he's going to yell out. Sure enough, he did. Now I'll try to shut him down. And and Jesus was like, no, now let's stop and and deal with him. So it, the woman with the issue of blood, he was, you know, he was on the way to heal the guy's daughter, and she reached out and touched, and he stopped right in the middle and everything. So you kind of see a pattern with him, and I don't know, maybe we can unpack that some. Yeah, I, th- I think part of what grace maybe involves is this awareness that there's something going on in those encounters that is eternal or deep or profound that is not necessarily part of, and you use this word project, part of a project that we're involved in, but that person is that, that grace is, grace is relational. It always is expressed between people or peoples. It's not uh, something that you build or create or make but it is an experience of relationship because it has to do with presence and being with somebody. So we can do projects in the hopes that they make people's lives better, but I'm not sure that grace is ever a project that... And if grace is what, as the Scripture says, you know, we're saved by grace, um, then those encounters become much more important 
in what we do in the in the kingdom and in the big picture. And they are messy because they're relational and relationships are messy and tough and complicated and we don't really know what to do in some situations that uh, that God, you know, the idea of grace is being present with the person and participating in what God is doing with them and in them. And we don't always recognize that or know how to do that. Um, I think we get the idea that grace is just being nice to people or letting them off the hook when it's being it's more being involved with them. It, it doesn't, doesn't grace shine most brightly in the midst of chaos and messiness? Really? I mean, I mean, it, the, the first thing we ever see of God is Him hovering over the face of chaos, and He He speaks, but it, He's He's obviously there. And and we see some we see the most profound thing we see in Scripture, except for the the whole Jesus thing. But the, it's it's like all through Scripture, it's the biggest mess ups, it's the most, most chaotic situations. It's and and in your own experience, it's the it's the relationships are the, that are the most dysfunctional where grace shines the brightest. Yeah, right. And yet we're on this eternal quest for perfection and, right. and efficiency. And, and avoiding messiness yeah. when those are opportunities. Yeah, let's not ever let that happen again. Let's right. make a plan and a strategy so that yeah. mess never happens again. Yeah. And we call that grace. Yeah. We're actually in the messes where grace showed what it what it is. And what yeah, it, right. Yeah, and... That's when it's hardest is when it's best. But and just because it's hard doesn't mean you know we should avoid it. Uh, we should you know we embrace those opportunities for great to express grace and to be grace uh, when we when we are mature when we grow or whatever. I think we we get to that place where whether it's hard or not is not the question. The question is how can I be involved in what God is doing in this moment, uh, even if it's awkward or uncomfortable or clumsy that's not really the question the question is is this a, a moment and a place and a person where I can step into and participate in what God is doing in in their life and in my life and in our world in this moment yeah you said something about maturity it 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 dawns on me that um I mean in case nobody knows we're in our 60s so we've fallen down a lot <laughs> we're pretty bruised and most of our wounds are self-inflicted <laughs> but um if 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 getting older doesn't do anything else it kind of helps to realize that this situation isn't about how i feel about it the situation is about what you said what god is doing and we tend to make our decisions whether we want to get involved or not based on how will this make me feel? Right. Or even yeah. how will this make the other person feel? Right. Or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And that's how we base the value of our action. What what makes this a valid action? Well, it'll make me feel better, and it'll make them feel better. Yeah. And and that is and pretty ge- juvenile. Yeah. And generally we define better as pleasant. It make me feel pleasant about the encounter. Yeah. Or have a, a good taste in my mouth when it's over. Yeah. But not that is not necessarily what God's doing in that situation in that place. Yeah. Sometimes it is, but that that idea of comfort and pleasantness is not always the measure of grace. No, and it shouldn't be the the guide of it either. Right. Right. 
that, 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 you know, that we take that as our cue for, okay, step into that. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, we're in the ministry. You and I both are. And so you're faced with individuals a lot, and you're, then you're faced with groups. And so with individuals, it's a no-brainer. Okay, I'm all in with you. I'm, I'm standing here talking with you. I'm completely invested in you. I'm completely, tell me your story. I want to hear your story. Mm-hmm. That Anybody can do that. And everybody gets that. But then when you start dealing with groups of people, gatherings of people, it's like, okay, where do we find the balance there? Because what if you just said, let's just have church. Okay, when do we, when do we get together? And where are we going to do that? And is there somebody going to kind of get up and facilitate? You know, yeah, right. There, there has to be some sort of purpose, and yeah, yeah. And you know, to be honest, I'm not really good at discerning and and recognizing where God is at work in those bigger groups and movements. Um, and so I don't, I don't, you know, it's something I can talk about, but I'm not sure I have much authority about it. But I think. That truth is that God is active in in groups and in Scripture. Community is really essential to what God does, and sometimes big groups. Yeah, and so there is a place for grace to to operate there, and and that sense of presence. And you know, what is God doing in this group among us as a whole, and discerning that and participating in it uh, as leaders or as you know participants, whichever it is. <clears throat> So, so in in dealing with large groups, suppose you find yourself in a leadership role, in dealing with large groups of people. And this wouldn't have to just be in the church; it could be in a family, it could be in a anything. Yeah, you know, right. You find grace everywhere. It's not the church right. doesn't have a monopoly on that at all. So you're dealing with these groups of people, and so it is. I mean, you and I've talked a lot about this just between us in the past on in private, but. That we've we've moved away from strategy and planning and goals to to more being consciously aware. So when you do gather, you have to have a set time and a set place. I mean, duh, right. you have to. Right. But when that happens, instead of saying we have this schedule, I mean, this it, uh, we're early December right now when we're doing this, having this conversation. So we're facing family gatherings, extended family gatherings. So do you go into that with, well, we, we probably need some sort of schedule to keep things, you know. Right. We'll have a meal at such and such a time, and then we'll play games at such, or yeah. go for a walk or go to a movie or whatever, you know. And and so you have some of that stuff planned. And And what you and I are discovering is that sometimes those plans can get in the way of being aware of what is really going on. Right, yeah. I think we 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 need to, or we want to, enter into those situations and those moments with this expectation that God is doing something. Not that, just individually, but right, in the group as well. Right, yeah. And so it's not creating something or making something happen, but it's, again, it's that idea of, 
What is God doing that we can participate in? Which direction is He moving? And, and some of it comes down to trusting that the Spirit speaks to us about what that is. Sometimes we get that wrong, but sometimes we get that right. That, yeah, I see what God is saying or doing, and, and this is how we can facilitate that or participate in it. And, uh, and so I think we really have to have that confidence that God is doing something all the time in every person, in every group. He's present. And grace is um, making ourselves available to the group and to God to participate in that being done. Well, um, it's, it's obvious that, you know, in our conversations, we, we feel a lot more confident swinging the hammer on the nail-marked individual. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and when you start talking groups, it's like, whoa, it's, it's a bigger hit on that nail, but it's harder to hit. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, to me, I feel less and less confident as a leader as, as yeah. I go along. Yeah, and I, I think uh, there again is this idea that God is at work, but also grace covers my mistakes. That if my intent is to participate in what God does, sometimes it's better to act on that and trust grace to cover it. So maybe it's something we can talk about more in the days ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if, if you stop and think, okay, we want to get this grace thing right, we're we're pulling against grace. Right. Yeah. We're not going to get right. it right, and the plan is not to get it right. Yeah. Exactly. The, the plan is to dive in and explore. Right. And that's about as far Lean as lean into it and fall forward. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay.